Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans? And welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show, presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. I'm John Arezzi, and joining me, the two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, member of the 1986 world champion New York Mets, the number one best-selling author and the voice of Gibby, Tales of a Baseball Life, or the audio book, which I've been listening to uh, uh, every single day. Uh, he participated in this weekend ceremony, inducting Jose Batista into the Blue Jays' level of excellence. The man always tells it like it is. And joining us today, direct from the Miller Lite headquarters there in Toronto, the baseball life for himself, John Gibbons. Gibby, how's life in Toronto? Oh, Johnny, what a great weekend. You know, it really was. And, it, you know, it was just an honor to be there for, you know, uh, watch Jose. And one thing the Blue Jays always do, they're first class. You know, they they put things, they do they do a wonderful job. They go all out for everything they do. And for me personally, you know, it was it was it was fun to come back, see some old friends, and and uh, and of course see some old uh, some of the players and old coaches that I coached with. And it was it was a wonderful time. But I'm worn out, you know. But then we're topping it off today over here, at the Miller Life facility, man. What a first class place they got, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's been a good were- week. They were anxious to get you in there, and uh, it's a good way to kind of end uh, the trip is to hang out with some of the sponsors, uh, Miller Lite folks, and uh, so I'm sure that was great. And I heard they did a little Q&A with you, and you signed a bunch of books, so it must have been great. But, John, you got to be on a high from the last several days. What a great weekend, as you were saying. Uh, first off, your feelings about being part of this ceremony that was just really done well. Uh, being with everybody. So give us your feelings first and foremost about just being invited and being part of that huge ceremony. Well, you know, when they first, they first contacted me back in the spring, I said, Oh man, I can't wait. You know, uh, uh, you know, I've always, obviously I've been a huge fan of Jose's Jose's done a lot for me personally, as far as, you know, the name I've made in the game baseball up here, you know, I owe a large part of that to him, right? You know, when you get to manage great players, when they do great things and you're part of it, you know, that's how it all happens, right? And um, he did a wonderful job in his, his uh, you know, when he was speaking to the fans. And it was good to see some old, old teammates. I mean, in uh, guys that played for me. And, you know, even first first go round and you go back to, this, to my uh, this, this last time, you know, guys like Adam Lynn were there, Travis Snyder. And then you got, of course, you had Ryan Goins and got to see my old buddy, Cito Gaston was here and, and uh, old Murph, the old hitting coach, Dwayne Murphy. And then, of course, Brian Butterfield, my old buddy, I had no idea he was coming, you know, coach third base for us. So, you know, it was a wonderful time. They put on a show. Mark, Mark Shapiro, you know, did a great job putting it all together. Uh, and signing off on everything. I tell you, the stadium is beautiful. You know, I had I had heard about the changes and I hadn't seen them up close yet. They did a fantastic job with that. And uh, you know, the team team lost a couple of games over the weekend, but then they won a big one yesterday. They got an off day today. That's the important thing. They're in a good spot right now, and uh, I think they're ready to catch fire. Yeah, uh, yeah, it certainly was a great uh, game uh, on Sunday. Uh, but I do want to touch upon uh, the ceremony itself, uh, Gibby. The reaction of the fans for you was amazing. It was Jose's day, obviously. Uh, Keegan Matheson, the Jays reporter for MLB.com, said it was the loudest cheer of the season at the Rogers Center when you were introduced until Batista came out, of course. What was going through your mind as you stood on that field and heard the reaction of the fans when you were announced? You know, John, I don't know if I can can explain it. You know, uh, my my last day here back in 2018, our, our, our uh, last home game, you know, they treated me like gold. You know, we, we had announced that I wasn't um, coming back. And every time I went to the mound, they gave me a great ovation, right? Wasn't a huge crowd that day, but and it was a it was a bullpen day. So we, we made about six pitch changes. So every time, every other inning, I was out there saying, hey, hey, hey. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, mil- I milked that for everything. And then, but uh, that was the last time, and they but they treated me like gold. And then, of course, the other day, you know, I had a feeling I'd get, you know, I'd, I'd get a nice reception. Um, you know, it, but there was like a bond that was formed. I, don't ask me how, uh, but I fell in love with the people up here, and and you know, I think they appreciated, you know, 
I think they appreciated me. I, I think, um, you know, I, I they know I'm a simple guy. That uh, and, I, and I like. I'm proud to say I'm one of them in a certain, you know, to a certain extent. And uh, I tell you what, though, I, I teared up a little bit. I was walking out there, and and, and uh, I'll never you, forget it. You looked a little emotional uh, walking out there, and of course, uh, it was wonderful to see on television. I watched every minute of it, and uh, then even on Sunday, they had some camera shots of you and Cito watching the game up there in one of the suites. So it was really a, a very cool experience. And for somebody who really has become a Blue Jay fan over the years, and especially the opportunity of doing this with you, first-class organization, first-class ceremony. Uh, it was great to see you uh, there and be welcomed by the fans after stepping on the field since 2018 so what a great what a great weekend and and you also got a chance while you were up there uh earlier in the week uh to visit the uh, jays a ball team the vancouver canadians so that must have been fun as well for you yeah yeah the, the, the only negative is i'm a little bit tired from all the traveling man now that i'm older but yeah i, flew, yeah. I went out to a monday i flew out to vancouver saw the a ball team had a wonderful time too. You know, I had been out there when I played in the Pacific Coast League in 1988 with the Albuquerque Dudes, Dodgers, Triple A. I think it was White Sox, but that was Triple A team in Vancouver, same stadium. But they did. They really fixed this place up. It's beautiful, right? They draw great crowds, and what a beautiful city, you know. And, and uh, then I went home to Texas for a day, and then flew up here. So I've been uh, crisscrossing it a little bit. Uh, but you know, there, there's some good young players out there on that A ball team in Vancouver that uh, you'll see. You know, a lot of good ones um, have come through there in the past. Heck, John Schneider managed there for three years. And um, so a lot of tradition, a lot of history out there. And there's help on the way. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to see a good uh, minor league system developing those players because that's the future. Uh, but speaking of the present, uh, we're going to get to the leadoff now. There's a lot of baseball to go over as well. Uh, and let's do that. Let's go to the leadoff. Uh, the lead in the AL West is as tight as it can be. Uh, in the L East, rather, uh, with the Seattle Mariners kind of breathing down the neck now of the Jays in the final wild card spot. Uh, the Mariners have gone 15 and six since the Toronto series back on July 31st. And these teams don't face each other head to head anytime again during the regular season. Uh, is this maybe a good motivator for the Jays, seeing that the Mariners are directly in their rear view? Well, they, they, they know, they know where they're at, put it that way, but, in in reality, I mean, everybody, everybody's, you know, they're constantly reminded of the standings, you know, and we look at them every day. That's just, mm -hmm. but, but in reality, they just go out there, and, you know, they, they play their game, right? They try to win that day because that's really all you can do. If you get caught up too much in what another team's doing, you're in trouble. But something, you know, that my experience teaches me, you know, Seattle have been kind of a disappointment all year long, really, right? You know, they're one of the top three teams that probably – like the Padres and all that, they really never got it going after a big last year, right? Now they get on this nice little roll, and they 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 draw close, right? Then they drop the the last two games against Baltimore. So, but what happens? My not always, and you never know what's going to happen from here on out. But my experience teaching me, you know, when you when you when you get on that kind of nice streak that they were on, and you close the gap, but you don't quite over, you know, you don't make up ground or you don't jump ahead. You can't you're, in Major League Baseball. The team's too good. You're not going to maintain that. It's impossible. So, the, so they're, the the law of averages say they're going to cool off. It's just you, you just you just expend so much getting there. Now that doesn't mean it won't happen, but the odds are against you. It's like I can remember a two different situation, but in 2013, my first year back managing with the Blue Jays, you know, we had we had this team that was supposed to win it all. Right, we got off to a terrible start, and we won like 10, 11 games in a row just to get back to 500. That's how bad we were. Wow. But by then we were so out of gas, and this was like in June or something, you know. So if you when you get when you get down those great streaks like they've been on, you need to climb right to the top, man, or get very close to it because you know that drops coming. It just has to, man. There's too many good teams, and there's the law of averages say you know, you're not going to keep that up. Yeah. So if the Jays get on a run now, they could be it could be really good timing for them as we head into the latter part of August and September. Uh, I do want to speak to you about another potential motivator. And I have to go back to the weekend and the uh, ceremony with uh, Jose and the level of excellence. Now, the current Jays, they're all there in the dugout. They're seeing the legends being introduced. They're feeling the love of the fans and just how special 
those teams in 2015 and 16 were. Could this be a possible motivator for a team wanting the squad to someday be as remembered as those teams? Like, this is what could be for us if we get to the promised land, so to speak. You know, Johnny, I'm not sure. Probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, they get caught up in the excitement, but you got to remember this group too. They got, in a, they got in, uh, you know, the playoffs last year, right? They had a great yes. year. They, the year before they won 90 and didn't get in, but then that, that shortened season, the COVID year, you know, they, they did. And it's like, um, you know, they know they're good. They've, they've, they've experienced the excitement in that town, in that country of, of them, themselves last year. Right. So they know what that's all about. Uh, I think naturally they look at, the, the players that have gone before him, and when you see a great player like Batista and, and Carnacion who was out there, yeah, that resonates with them, you know, because it, most of those guys will never sniff what those guys did, right? So it, it's a, it's a tight community fraternity, even the young players, the old players, you know, and they appreciate what they they accomplished, but just like the guys, the older guys appreciate what these guys are going through. So they've if they had, you know, if they had never experienced it or they've just been kind of so-so and they're kind of in the hunt this year, they might look at it a little differently. They might say, wow, let's look at this crowd, but they've experienced that themselves. And, and, um, you know, and they, they remember too, you know, the, the excitement and the adrenaline that you get from those kind of crowds also brings a little pressure, you know, and they felt that last year, but that, but that experience is going to do wonders for them this year, I think. Yeah. I think, uh, just watching everything and seeing where the season lies ahead and, uh, uh, it, it's an exciting time to be a, a Blue Jay fan and ex- exciting time to be talking uh, baseball. You know what they need to do, Johnny? Because it's been kind of one of those years, you know, they, that, that, you know, they've just been kind of going along, you know, steady. You know, they haven't had that big streak or they hadn't disappeared, yeah. any of that stuff. And, and the fans, you know, they got from Blue Jays fans, there's nobody better. They just need to stick with them, ride them out. You know what? They, 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 uh, the, everybody's all in. The front office has gone all in. The ownership's gone all in. They got a good team to do it. Yeah. I think their their best streak is yet to come. They haven't had that year this year, and everybody has it. And just hey, take hey, ride the wave with them, man. And you know, in the end, they're going to be there, and you never know how far they can go. Yeah, we got uh, you know obviously the depth on the pitching side of it. We'll be talking to uh, Pete Walker uh, in just a, a bit about that. Uh, it's just been the offense that's had the lack of consistency, and there's a lot of there's a lot of talk on the broadcast uh, in the reporting about uh, uh, teams uh, playing with a with a team approach. I'm hearing that more and more. And what they were talking about, I was, all right, the, the bats came alive, uh, even towards the latter part of, uh, of, of Saturday's game, and especially Sunday's game, that uh, they were really attacking the fastballs, and, it, and they kept referring to this team approach. Um, John... When it comes to team approach, uh, you know, one to nine in the order, uh, and finally, do uh, you think that helps in, in, in that philosophy? Can you kind of explain what that means, and uh, could it be helpful in maybe putting a much-needed run together offensively? Yeah, well, well first off, team approach is basically talking, okay, do, do the little things. You know, if you go up there, if they if they – you know, pass a baton. If they don't want to pitch to you or you get tough at bat, take your walk or whatever it is. Or, you know, you get a guy in scoring position or on second base with no outs, move him, move him to third base, hit the ball the other way, something like that. Whatever, whatever it takes, you know, busting your butt on the bases. That's a, that's a team approach. You know, pass the baton. Nobody cares who gets the credit. Because, you know, you'll get on a lot of teams, especially teams that are falling out of it all. It becomes this, this selfish game, you know, where, you know, I got I to gotta, I gotta get my own, right? And that's – that's always been the case, you know, and, and everybody's guilty of it, uh, you know, um, because it's a game, it's a team, it's a game, a team game that's played as individuals. You know, you have a job to do yourself, but you're still mm-hmm. a part of the team. I think that mentality is, is important. And I think when you get in the playoffs, right, you, the teams get in the playoffs have good pitching that you're going to face the best pitching, right? So runs are going to be hard to come by anyway. That's always been the case. Okay. So, You've got to figure they're going to be low-scoring games or tight games where the fundamental team-type hitting approach at the plate is what's going to win those. You know, you're not going to hit a ton of home runs off the best pitchers in the game. It just doesn't happen, you know. So you you, you got to scratch and claw for runs. So that, I think that's kind of what they're talking about, the mentality there. And Yeah, they moved the ball around the field. They were hitting it all over the field the other day on Sunday. Yeah, they were. It was uh, It was great to see, and hopefully that carries on. You are listening to The Gibby Show, presented by our friends at Miller Lite. 
And as the official beer of the MLB, Miller Lite wants to send you to the World Series for the month of August. Visit your local Canadian brew house for a Miller Lite and enter for your chance to win a VIP experience to this year's World Series. All you got to do is visit www.millerlite.ca forward slash 2023 World Series contest for more information. Good luck and enjoy that Miller Lite. Well, that's pretty good right there. Hey, it might be in Toronto. Be in Toronto, you don't have to go very far. There you go. Last week, we discussed the Jays' six-man rotation, uh, but with some days off, the Jays now go back to the five-man rotation, Gibby, with Alec Manoa being an option to AAA. Uh, did Manoa's second demotion of the season surprise you in any way? No, not not really. You know, um, uh, you know, since he come back, he's looked much better. He's he's still he's still not what he was last year, but he will. They, I think everybody's got the confidence in the world, and and everybody's you know we're we're not with these guys every day, but the people that are they they see those little uh, signs that tell you okay he's moving the right direction, and he was solid. He had some good outings. Command was still an issue at times for him, um, but you got to remember too, you know they when they went to the six man rotation is because they they had no days off, right? And those guys needed a little yes. breather, but but now they got three days off in like a week, so mm-hmm. now you got to now you. You have to go back to that five because otherwise way too much time off. Right. And so, and, yep. uh, and also you look at that rotation. He may be the only guy that had options. You could even move, you know, I mean, the right. other guys are all veteran guys. So that's a part of it, but uh, he'll be back to help him. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. We talked about it on the last show that, you know, with a six man rotation, that's going to be, you know, whittled down the five after these 17 straight games in a row that the odd men out, you know, could have been Manoa or Ryu. Reuse perform. Manoa still is kind of struggling a little bit, so it made perfect sense. And as you as you point out, it's the options. It's the options on the young guys. And Manoa's so young, so uh, putting him back in AAA to try to fix him, uh, making sure that when he comes back, he's ready to go. Uh, that makes perfect sense for the Jays to do that. Yeah, but you know the reality of the game is the guys making the money don't go anywhere anyway. That's just that's just you know. That's not just this team. That <laughs> and everybody knows that's coming. You know, so uh, it's baseball like, uh, economics. It's baseball economics, yeah. right? It's I don't, I don't know what, what famous manager said it, but it was they were talking about uh, you know when you're facing another team lineup, a great lineup. You know, who do you pitch to? Or like if there's a base open, who do you, the guy on decks? You know, whatever. Who you, who are you going to pitch to out of that line? He said uh, he pitched to the guy making the least amount of money. Because the guy making all the money, he's 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 been he's more successful. And he's done a lot more things. So go after the young kid. So look at the, look at their salaries. That's how you decide. Makes there some you sense. Go. There you go. Well, that's going to wrap up the leadoff. And now it's time for gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. And get your cold on with new sparkling quenchers at Tim's. They're bubbly, refreshing, and naturally flavored in blackberry, yuzu, and orange ginger. Try your favorite at your nearest Tim's in Canada today i had about three I, w- I was there about three times this weekend by the way i did see uh you having one of them wonderful breakfast sandwiches there so well that was that was out in vancouver man They're that was vancouver but i'm sure you yeah, but, made your oh, stops yeah. at tim's throughout the trip oh yeah Today on Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons, it's our pleasure to bring on the man who oversees pitching for the Blue Jays. He's been affiliated with the Jays since 2002, appearing in 124 games with Toronto from 2002 to 2006. He returned in 2011 and has been with the club since then, becoming the Blue Jays pitching coach in 2012 he's one of the most respected coaches in the game let's welcome pete walker to gabbing with gibby pete how you doing nice to meet you i'm doing great nice to meet you too it's it's a pleasure to be here today for sure i'm excited about it big weekend big yeah. weekend just passed hey pd man hey i've yeah. been waiting for this now but, you know, <laughs> you, hey, you're tough to track down i mean i don't i don't in all, all seriousness i don't think there's a harder working coach out there there's not a better pitching coach in the game, you know, and the re- re- uh, results speak for themselves. And so I, I appreciate you, especially on an off day coming on here, you know, to let people, you know, let know, like I, when I was managing the Mets minor leagues, you were one of my pitchers in AAA. 
right? Then, then, uh, then I left and came over to Toronto. And I can remember one day J.P. Richard, he came up to me and said, hey, you know, Pete's on waiver. Should we grab him? I said, you, 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 yeah, you better grab, right? And uh, so that's when you came over to Toronto. Yeah. And, you know, you did a heck of a job there. You kind of, you really, when you showed up, you solidified it. You solidified a bad team, right? We yeah. weren't very good, but but you made I, us a little bit better. I came, it, I came in a tough time. Huh? I came in a tough time. But, no, that's true because I, I probably wouldn't be here. Um you know, especially with this organization for this many years, if I didn't get that opportunity, right? So it was, it was you having the, the the opportunity to pitch for you in Norfolk, and then obviously your connection with JP. And like I said, that story resonates because I mean, I, I think about that sometimes because I know all the years that I've spent here probably wouldn't have happened. I would have been somewhere else, maybe doing something different, um, had I not, you know, run into you in Norfolk, and then obviously JP taking a flyer on me and uh, give me that opportunity. That was that was a tough time in the organization, but I I took advantage of it that's for sure. Well, no, you hey, you might not be, be working for the Blue Jays. You might be working for the Yankees, the Red Sox, and one of Because somebody would have grabbed you as a pitcher, and they would have said sooner or later, "Hey, this guy's too good, man. We got to make him a pitching coach." And then you know what? So the Blue Jays are lucky. That's for damn sure. You know, I I, I think I'm still pretty lucky. I obviously got to spend some time with you here, and and which started all off, and then you know I've been through a couple of different managers along the way, uh, but it's been an awesome ride. The city, as you know, Gib, and everybody's been here, is just an incredible city. and fall in love with it. And I certainly fell in love with it, you know, my first couple of years pitching here. So, uh, you know, looking back at all the time that I've been here, it's actually, it's it's uh, humbling for sure. And uh, But I, I don't take it lightly, and, and I'm still excited to be here every day. I love coming to the park. I love working with my pitchers. And, and I think I've grown a lot since my early days as, as a pitching coach. Uh, you know, I went through a lot of a trial and error. You know, you make some mistakes along the way. But, I, you know, I think over time you keep making them, as we know. But you just, you know, you try to get better every day. You know, Pete, hey, you know, you know, a good way, you know, the way to, only way to judge a coach, right? Well, you know, you judge, you judge a manager by wins and losses, right? Okay. Yeah. And, and, you, and you judge the specific coaches, whether it be the hitting coaches or the pitching by the results they get. Now, there's there's no doubt certain certain teams have more talent than others, but the, the key for those coaches is to get the most of out of what they have, right? I don't care wh- who that is, what 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 your staff looks like. You got to get the most out of it, and that's one thing you've always been able to do. I don't I don't you you I've seen you take guys that on their way out and resurrect their careers, right? I've I've seen you take. Uh, you know, superstar players that all of a sudden start struggling, they're starting to question themselves and get them back on track. And, and I mean, you've, you've done it all. And I think the biggest thing, I want you to speak to this a little bit. It's not always what you know. Obviously, you have to you have to know the ins, ins and outs of pitching. Not that. Well, that was a big part of it. But you know what? It's it's your relationship with these guys. Number one, they, they got to trust you. What is it? And I, I know you're, you're a humble guy, but there's something different about you because I've never talked to a pitcher – that you've um, that you've coaches didn't, didn't rave about you. So is it really is tell, tell us how, how it starts at the beginning. I, I've been I mean I still think I've been pretty lucky with the guys that I've had. Um, I think as you know, uh, being in the game, if you're in the game a long time, you learn how to. Uh, I think you have good people skills and you, you learn to read people, understand people. I think any any coach in major leagues or um, professional baseball for that matter, or the, the collegiate ranks. I think the successful ones definitely connect and resonate with their pitchers. You know, they have a, they have a way to get through their pitchers, connect with them, um, not just on a, a professional level and a personal level too. You know, I, I think you got to you show your care. You know, I, I think I, I think I've, that's been something I've taken pride in over the years. And you know, hey, it doesn't work all the time. I know you you said it seems to to work a lot, a lot, but there's always instances where things don't work out, and uh, you know, the relationships aren't great. But I think when that happens, it's 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 almost for me, it's always felt like I failed someone, you know. So I think as a coach, if you feel like you failed someone, you got to figure it out. Right. You got to find a way to get through that guy. Um, and I think that's something I've taken pride in. And I think, um, you know, again, there's not they're not all success stories. <laughs> you know, there's, there's guys that don't that, you know, that you work with and it doesn't work out for one reason or another. And, and there's some guys you kind of get lucky with and, and things kind of click. But I, I do, I do agree with you. I think, I think the relationships you build in the game are probably the most, most important um, in order to get someone to try certain things to maybe do something different. Uh, if they don't respect you or trust you, then I, you're really going to have a hard time getting through to that guy. So 
I think that that is a big part of it. You know, there is the information you need, you know, from a mechanical standpoint, um, you know, game calling, you know, breaking down a pitchers and maybe some areas they're struggling with. But I think, I think uh, one of the, one of the areas of really spent a lot of time with is, is really just finding a way to connect with, with the pitchers. And I think that's number one for sure. I think, it, and that's really in all walks of life, right? I mean, I just think it's, it's, yeah. you know, people and, and having good people skills and understanding them and, and listening, you're listening, not being yeah. one of those guys that talks over you, you know, and, and, you know, I've had, I've had coaches like that. I'm sure you have too. They're, they're kind of overbearing and I never want to be that guy. Hey, no wonder you're such a good husband, man. You listen for crying out loud. There's something to be learning. <laughs> oh God! And Pete, I, Pete, Pete's got three beautiful girls, man. So he's ready. He has learned to listen in his lifetime. Yeah, it's it's, it's that is very true. You know, being being around girls for sure is is, is it definitely softens you a little bit. Uh, you know, it makes you listen and understand. So. You know, if we're, if, if we're three boys, it might have been a little different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, what do you got, Johnny? Uh, I got a few things. Uh, first, with the depth of the Jays pitching this yeah. year, not only starters, but relievers, um, is this the best Toronto pitching staff in your tenure with the team? Uh, that's a tough one. I've had some, we've had some pretty good ones. You know, I look back to 15 and 16, uh, but I think even in those years, it seemed to be a hole or two. Uh, right now, uh, you know, with the addition of Ryu right now in the rotation, throwing well, obviously Bassett, um, you know, Barrios, uh, uh, Gossman, uh, Kikuchi have all pitched really well. And, you know, the bullpen has been really, really deep. Uh, I couldn't, we couldn't be happier with, with the way the bullpen has pitched this year. Uh, they've really battled. They've taken the ball uh, consistently. Uh, we haven't had a lot of turnover there. It's been really nice. You know, we've had some guys come up and do a nice job too. You know, look at Jay Jackson and, and, and Bowden Francis and, you know, guys like that, Nate Pearson. So we've been very fortunate. Uh, we've been knock on wood. We, we haven't had a lot of injuries and, and we've been able to, you know, withstand that kind of those issues that seem to creep up, but they've done a fantastic job this year. I mean, they go right through the entire bullpen, the rotation. Um, they picked each other up. They're a close knit group. I love being around them. I think they're, that's a big reason why, um, they're successful too. They seem to enjoy each other, which is awesome. It doesn't always work that way, you know, and, and from team to team, but uh, this is a really special group and uh, they're, they're, they're a close knit group. But, you know, I look back at 15 and 16 that we had some pretty good staffs for sure. And we had some dominant, you know, guys at the end of the game, but I don't think we had the depth that we had um, then now with, with our middle relievers who can pitch high leverage situations. I'd like to well, discuss that, Alec. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'd like to discuss Alec uh, Manoa for a minute. Uh, he was yeah. optioned the AAA this past week. Past two seasons have been night and day for this young man. He's a beloved player. He's loved by the fans. He's loved by his teammates. Uh, how hard was it for the organization uh, when the decision was made to reassign Alec for a second time this year? He's been through a lot this year, for sure. You know, you look at last year and you look at this year, uh, even the year before, you know, a year and a half, just the, the consistency. And this year, obviously – there wasn't, there wasn't that consistency early, um, went through a few struggles mechanically. Um, he's got himself back on track for sure. Uh, you know, a few adjustments that he made, uh, coming back have been great. Um, it's just at this stage of the season, you know, every game is so critical and it, it just came down to a tough to handle the six man rotation, especially with the off days we have coming up. He's going to be back. I mean, he's, he's, he's just a big part of this organization. Um, you know, he, he's a worker. He knows he's headed in the right direction. Things that he wanted to work on, that we wanted him to work on, he did. Um, and I think we're just at the point of the season where it's just a little bit tough with the off days and, and handling a six-man rotation is tough when, you, when you're taking one guy out of the bullpen. Now you're stressing the bullpen a little bit at times. So it was a very difficult organizational de decision. Alec is a huge part of this <laughs> rotation going forward uh, for years to come. Um, and, again, he's made some – I know there were struggles and it was a very difficult season, uh, but when he came back, he was doing a lot of things that we wanted him to do uh, glimpses of what he did last year. So un unfortunately it's a, a tough time of the year, you know, but I think he's definitely making strides and doing the things that he needs to do to be successful for a long time. Yeah. He's such an exciting pitcher to watch. I mean, uh, he really is. And he just uh, wears his heart on his sleeve, uh, everything that he's done. I mean, that's why he's so likable and the fans have embraced him. His teammates have embraced him. So we certainly uh, wish him the best and oh, can't wait be to back. see him back. In, 
Can't wait oh, to yeah. see him back in the rotation and back with the team. Yeah. Uh, and it could be a very special September in Toronto. Sure. Sure. You know, Petey, but people, yeah. people, you know, people got to realize too, you know, when, you know, of course he's a little bit different because you know what? He, he was third in Cy Young last year. Right. Sure. You know, you know, if he had just been average Joe, you know, what's that, you know, a lot of, in a lot of ways, what's happened to him is kind of the norm in the big leagues for most guys. Right. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you, come, you, you go up and down. I mean, that's kind of the way it is. Really is early on. It's, 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 it's unusual to see someone come in and just dominate from start to finish. Right. Who, who does that? Um, I can't think of really anybody. You might have a few names uh, in mind, but no, no, uh, you know, but but Alec, yeah, I and mean, he came right out. He came out hot for sure with limited minor league time. Um, just had a little bit of a struggle up here. It's it's not easy, you know. This this game is a tough game, and and it's only going to make him better. It's only going to over the you know every player that goes through it. His teammates had great things to say to him. Um, you know, he he made he's making tremendous progress, and and it is. It's it's like it's eye opening sometimes because you realize not that you, you ever think it's easy, but when you're going really good things are going pretty, pretty easy. Right. And then all of a sudden it's not, it's like, you know, what's going on where, you know, it, it's a little confusing to the individual for sure, but um, he'll get through it. I guarantee it. But I think in general players, they all go through it. Everybody goes through it. And it's just when you are, like you said, third in the Cy Young, or you, you're such a big personality. Um, you're out there a little bit more. Right. So obviously you know, it's just, it makes it a little bit tougher for sure. Yeah, and you, and you know what else, people, I, and I, I don't know for sure, but it's got a factor. You know, you, everybody, you can't send everybody down. I mean, everybody doesn't have options. He's such a young kid. Your, your rotation, those guys have all been around the block. You can, you know, and so regardless, yeah. it's he's going to be the odd man out because you can't keep running the six guys out there. It messes those guys up, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know as well. I mean, it's tough. Guys like the extra day every once in a while, right? Starters for sure. But, you know, they get too far out of their routine. It, it can't affect everybody. You know, if they go seven yeah. or eight days, starts we literally have three off days and we have an off day today we have an off day thursday and off day monday um so you know you'd be pushing guys back seven eight days and then it, then it becomes a little bit you know yeah they're fresh but are they sharp right so they right. And so there's a fine line between overwork like we went through a period where we you know those starters work pretty hard too so i think they welcome the six-man rotation uh for a short amount of time but you know at this point in the season you you know you got to have your best guns out there for sure um as much as possible yeah. Hey, I want two guys. You you, you haven't re resurrected them because they've had some success, but going Barrios and Kikuchi. Yeah. Right. You know, they, they both pitched in the big leagues. They both had some success. They had tough years last year. And people, people would even ask me, you know, you know, you know, about those two. Right? I said, yeah. and, and I said, they're in good hands, man. They got Pete, 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 not, not just Pete, but the guys around him. It's always yeah. a team effort. But I said, yeah. these guys, they'll, 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 They'll bounce back. You know, it's a, it, the big leagues is a tough game, right? And, yeah. and now look at them. Two of them, they've been rolling. They've been rolling along the best of anybody in baseball, those two. They've been awesome. Like I said, the four guys, you look at our top four guys, um, they've put up some pretty good numbers, and they're, they're, they've are they're really put us in a good position this year. Gucci yeah. and, and Brios. Brios, you know Brios is going to bounce back, you know, just because of his history. Last year was a tough year. Got out of, got out of whack a little bit. Um, but he, he came in on a mission and I knew, I knew in spring training, um, worked his butt off ball winner, uh, his delivery, uh, got back to maybe making some adjustments in, in game planning, but we have a, like, like you did say, you, you made the point. We have a great group, my, my, the pitching group that I'm surrounded by is awesome. Uh, we have, we have guys that do some deep dives on certain individuals, finding things that maybe aren't, aren't easy to recognize, um, you know, the naked eye. Uh, and so they provide some really good information. We sift through it. We kind of make some adjustments, but I've been fortunate to have a good group around me there. And Rios has just taken off. You can tell in spring training. You can tell his velo's back, his command's back, his spin is back on his breaking ball. His changeup's been really good. So he's he's been very consistent. And then Kikuchi, you know, we did make some, probably made more adjustments with him over the last year and a half as far as from a delivery standpoint, you know, changing his hands, lowering his hands, simplifying his delivery. I think the bullpen helped him a little bit. And then coming into the season with the pitch clock, you know, he's got to work fast. He, he tends to overthink. We've talked about it with him and had a lot of conversations about it, but he's pretty much just getting it and going now. And it's very difficult for the hitters to pick up, but he's been, he's been awesome. I, I enjoy watching him as much as anybody. I mean, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch and uh, he's, his confidence is through the roof. It's been, it's been awesome. You're right. It's been a lot of fun watching those two this year. He's been dumb. Hey, when you, hey, when you said game planner, game planner, right? Yeah. 
You know, we had a guy on the show, one of your all-time favorites, Mark Burley. <laughs> and, oh, man. So, so, so you can tell that it, we were talking about Burley said, hey, I, I don't go into Remember, he never went into the, the pitcher's catcher's <laughs> meeting. <laughs> he was – he was something else. Is everybody? I mean, his his record speaks for itself. The amount of innings he threw and the consistency. What a great guy! But he was hilarious. I mean, he didn't he didn't go into our pitchers meetings. He wanted nothing to do with it. He um you know he, he never shook or rarely shook. No. Once in a blue moon, he just wanted to catch it and put down the sign. He would throw whatever it was and go with it and trust it. And it was pretty awesome. Uh, actually, I tried to get him to rub off. Out. He rubbed off on a few different guys. Marco Estrada. Um, Jay Happ a little bit, you know, where they started, it took the pressure off of them. So we, we, would, we would, you know, create the game plan, go after guys, have a plan with the catcher, whether it was Russ or Navi or whoever. Um, and those guys would just go along and it made it a lot easier. It took their thought process out. They're just making one pitch at a time. It was, and it worked, but Burley, Burley was something else. He would make oh. me nervous. He was late every day too to the bullpen. He'd throw five pitches. He'd look at me and, and you know, basically say, my arm's killing me. That I don't know. I don't know how to make it through the first inning, and sure enough, he'd go seven innings and keep us in the game every night. He was on the every. every you know, night. It's funny. <laughs> one story I got to share here because it, yeah. it's funny. Because uh, you you said he rubs off on guys. Let's yeah. do with Mark Marcus Stroman, because yeah. uh, in in, in uh, Caleb Joseph, he, do, he does some TV for you now. Yeah, sure. We had that. We had that play in Baltimore. Where I don't know if everybody we everybody thought you know Caleb took a cheap shot at the runner or or yeah. you know back before that rule. Yeah, took a jab. So everybody was all up in arms, right? And so Stroman's pitching that game, and Caleb's coming up, I guess. I think it was Caleb. And uh, and I guess Burley was sitting next to him in the game, and he said he said the word, the story I got anyway. You would know better than me. He told Stro, go get him. Like, hey, go go get him. Good, go get you know. Wasn't specifically talking about the guy. So so Stro goes up there, and throws behind the guy. He thought Burley was telling him go get him, go drill him or something. That's exactly right. He, he misunderstood him. He did. And Burley felt bad about it after, but he, he definitely misunderstood him. And, and Burley told him to go out there, hey, go get him. Let's you know get back on track and get us back in the dugout. And Stro took, took it the other way. <laughs> Got us in a little bit of hot water. But, yeah, Burley, he, he, he was looked up to by a lot of guys. And, you know, I, I think it was because of his track record, the way he went about his business. He was a pro. He, he answered the bell. He took the ball every five days, no matter what. How he felt didn't matter. It was pretty, pretty yeah. amazing to watch. Hey, who's who bet some of your favorites? We've had a lot of good ones. I know you got a lot of man. They all loved you. Yeah. There's some that really stand out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had. I've, like I said, I've been fortunate. We've had a lot of great guys when we're together, and we could, I mean, I've been real lucky with the pitchers. Um, but and even today's my staff today's been awesome. So I'll I'll leave those guys out of it because this yeah. we're still with them. But some of the guys that I've had in the past, you know, Jay Happ, Marco Estrada, you know, Burley, you know, Stro when he was here, you know, those guys were so competitive and. We had some good years with them, and we came close, right? Um, we didn't we didn't get there, uh, but we, we came really close. But I still keep in touch. And that's I, I've said that to some other coaches. You know, I think uh, a sign that maybe you've made a connection and, and and is if you stay in touch with certain people over the years. And it's kind of disappointing when you don't hear from people sometimes. But I still I still hear from a lot of those guys, and it's a lot of fun when we get a chance to text or, or check in. You know, modern technology helps. You know, uh, you don't have to make a phone call; you can shoot a text, but I still stay in touch with Jay, Jay Happ and Marco Estrada and, and guys like that. And, but they're definitely some of the guys that I, I enjoy being around a lot. Stroh's Stros, Stros probably calling you, hey, man, what am I doing? Hey, check check out my last start. You got, you got, he said he had a nah, tough July. That. He's probably saying, Petey, what am I doing Stros, wrong? No. <laughs> Stroh's fine. He, he he went on his own. He's, he's a he's a guy that knows knows himself and, and you know, he trusts himself. And He did a tremendous uh, job, you know? He, yeah, yeah he, but he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of a He's he, he's got his own rhythm, right? He's, he he you know goes to the beat of his own drum, so to speak. But he's he's a competitor, no doubt. Uh, hey Johnny, what do you got, for Petey? We got to let him go, man. He's got to get to the airport. Uh, a couple quick questions. Uh, Romano oh, coming good. back th this week, right? Uh, so that's yeah. uh, that's great uh, that he's uh, he's getting back. And uh, you made a uh, a move. The organization made a move at the deadline, picking up Jordan Hicks flamethrower yeah. from St. Louis. Uh, so uh, that's kind of a great one-two punch at the back end of that rotation, isn't it? Well, that is. And then also, of course, we got Chad Green coming. So How's we, he doing? How, how's everything going with Chad? I was over at the field today on my off day, Gibby. You'll love that. I know you used to go in on your Figures. off day. 
He used to go on your own. <laughs> but um, I was up. Uh, Chad Green was playing catch today and, and getting a little work in. So he's he's on track. He had that he had that issue in Triple A where he got hit. Uh, yeah. Tell him start du- ducking. But I know. But, <laughs> but he's he's good to go, and he'll be back soon. So we'll have you know Green and Hicks and Romano, and then the guys we've had all year. You know Swanson and Mays and, and Cabrera has been unbelievable. Um, you know, getting him from St. Louis has been huge for that bullpen. It gives Timmy Mays a little bit of a breather, uh, the opportunity to use two lefties. So we're strong down there. You know, Garcia, Richards is coming back too. Richards will be back this week. So uh, you look at Trevor, he's kind of been the glue uh, up to this point. I know he, he had the little neck issue, but uh, he's been the glue with us all year. He's provided huge innings, strikeout numbers are through the roof. He's, he's been extremely valuable to that bullpen. Uh, but yeah, we're, I think we're in a really good position. Uh, for, for the stretch run here in that bullpen to, to lock down games. Um, you know, the rotation, they keep doing what they're doing. And you see what we did offensively in Boston and, and yesterday and, and what we're capable of for sure. And I think I think we're starting to put it together. And, you know, I know in some ways it's been a frustrating year but uh, for some people. But for us, we know we're still in a great spot and, and we're going to get hot. And, and I, I like the vibe in the clubhouse right now and in the bench. And, and I'm, I'm, I think we're all expecting uh, a big finish to August and September. Yeah, you guys are good, man. You know what? Hey, you know, I was telling somebody, I was just telling somebody the other day, they were talking about Seattle, right? Seattle, you know, is, yeah. is around your tail or something, right? I said, that in reality, if you think about it, this is what happens. They had to win, they won eight, nine, ten in a row or something, right? Yeah. You, if, if, you, if you get on that kind of roll, you cannot overtake the team in front of you. It's yeah. catching up with you. You can't keep, big leagues, you can't keep that rolling. You can't keep it you up. Know? You bet. You know that's time you better overtake somebody when you get on that kind of roll. You know, now it might go. It may go down to the wire, but yep. you guys. But you guys are too good. But I can remember in in thirteen. If you remember, we we yep. were we we struggled out of the gate. We won like twelve in a yep. row j- just to get to five hundred, and then we we're so out of gas. It was like, Bleh. yeah, you know. That, I agree. That you see that happen. I, I think they're really good. They're strong though. They have they have really good uh, starting rotation. They're scoring some runs. Their bullpen's good. I, even though they traded a couple of guys away, they're, they're dangerous for sure. And they're, I'm sure they believe uh, the way they're playing. So, but I agree. It's that, you know, you get on those hot streaks and they definitely don't last forever. We've been on them. We've seen it over the years, but you just gotta, it's really the consistency coming every day on that, on yeah. that, that same, on that same game plan of not, not getting too high, too low. Uh, you know, Don Mattingly has been great this year for me. Trying yeah. to keep me, keep, keep me <laughs> even keel, <laughs> even keel. Cause I get a little up and down, you know, I, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm emotional. I'm, you know, I'm passionate about the game. So I take losses pretty hard um, and, you know, wins I enjoy. So I'm, I'm trying to stay here, you know, a little bit more like you <laughs> back in the day. And I, I think I'm doing a better job of it, but yeah, I think if we just come every day, you know, one pitch at a time, guys are taking one at bat at a time. We have the ability certainly to, to be there in the end. No doubt. Hey, well, when you guys play the Yankees earlier in the season, you know, that's Donnie's old team, right? He's a legend over there, right? Oh, yeah. I figured he must – maybe he took those days out or he didn't watch what happened because I saw you getting fired up with that third base coach, man. Yeah, he might have been chirping a little too. I was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, you know what? It was – there's always some things and you, you, you may regret. Oh, yeah. You may regret after, but, you know, in the heat of the moment, you say some things. I mean, you say things to umpires. I know you never did. You never said anything you regretted. But, um, you know, I, I, know, <laughs> I know I have. You know, they're they're human beings. They're out there. You know, they're trying to win, or the umpires are trying to do their job. And but we get caught up in it. And I think most people in baseball understand that. So I don't think there are any grudges that are hold you know held, and they just kind of no. they go with it. But yeah, I, I get a little fiery. I don't know. Maybe I think they'll forgive me. That's in New York. good. Hey, Pete, let me tell you this right here. That's that's another reason you're so beloved by the guys on the team, especially your pitches. Dad, you fight for them. You know what? You know, and I always believe, you know, if, if you want those guys to fight for you, you better fight for them. Whether that's, you know, in, in the in the umpires, they dictate a lot. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they're humans and all. We all get that. We all make mistakes, and they're always pissing somebody off. Yeah. But a call a call here or there swings the game. It does. You know, you know they they're not going to change it for you. No. But there's no there's no nothing wrong with getting on them a little bit. Yeah, I think that's been part of the game, and and you know you, you just try to you know try to keep it to a reasonable <laughs> amount. But um, yeah, I, I've been, I've been trying a little bit harder just to kind of bite my tongue here and there. And, and, you know, I, but again, I agree. Fighting for players is, is important. You know, it. Um, you know, you can, we can overdo it at times, but certainly there are times when you, you got to do it and you got to let them know that you're behind them and, and, 
you know, you, you don't want to see them get kicked out of the game for sure. You know, you don't want to see a star hitter or your, 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 your starting man, you know, a guy that's starting the game in the third or fourth inning get thrown out because of a call. So right. you got to, you got to come to their defense in those situations and, and kind of take it. But yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, once I don't enjoy it, I enjoy that part of it though. I, I don't know. Maybe that'll be time to go. Right. You know, when you, when you kind of lose that yeah. passion, I still, I, you know, you felt it. I felt when you, when you're managing, when you're coaching, you feel like you're out there with them. So that's the best. Yeah, part you are. You live and die, man. You, you, you see what those yeah. do. All right. Before we let you go, what when you get when you got chunked when that umpire came out to the mound, uh, you were you were sitting there and you're. Hey, I got to ask you. Every pitcher coach does it now, right? Yeah. They go to the mound. They're talking to the the pitcher, and they're like, it's like as if the cameras are. I know technology is so good now. They're gonna read your lips. You're up on the jumbotron. It's unbelievable. Usually they have the, the, the meeting right there. You can see the opposing pitching coach. If he doesn't have his hand on his mouth, you can literally read his lips. You know, what they're going to throw, how they're going to attack this guy. Oh. It's probably, it probably is, you know, overdone a little bit, but it's just a habit now. My hand goes right over my mouth. I start talking to the, you know, the pitcher and the catcher. And and sometimes the umpires listen to that, you know? Hey, I got one more funny story about one of our all-time favorite, uh, Justin Spire. Spire, oh. Spire told the story. Spire, one of the you know people that remember he's one of our one of one of our better relievers here, but he's he I won't know he he had a pitching coach, wasn't you obviously, but he come he come up to the mound. They said this guy was always drink eat tobacco and, and coffee. Yeah. He said he t- terrible breath. So when yeah. the, when the when the when the pitching coach would come out there, he would take his glove and put it over the pitching. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. I, I I was there for that actually. Spire. He also, story about him. Do you remember when he came out and, and uh, impersonated the grounds crew? And Rick, yeah. Rick and he was in, he was actually in our bullpen at that time, and we we couldn't find him. It was like the fifth inning, whatever inning they come out and rake the field, and all of a sudden we we realized he was out at third base. Right, he was in the grounds crew uniform, raking third base, getting and, on Corey Koski. That was Corey's over there. He was getting on jumping. He's like, "You suck," or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he impersonated the grounds crew during the game in a game I think yeah. might have come pitched in the seventh inning. That's the beauty of the game. People only do. You, you know, you have fun. There's some characters. Spy wants to come on the show. I got to get Spy on the show. It'd be great. Yeah, be great. you know. But well, Petey, listen, pal. Huh? No, no he, he he used to uh, go ahead. Forget it. Go ahead. No. Anyway, listen. We we can't thank you enough. Taking you know, you don't get many off days. You're probably going to the park when you get home just to do some studying up too, aren't you? I'm actually get lunch with my brother right now. He's leaving. Leaving the south. Oh, we right. well, better hurry. All right, okay. pal, keep up the good work. You guys are in a good spot. We'll all celebrate at the end. You know, Got when it. you do win, win it all, man, say hello to everybody for us. I will. I'll tell everybody hello. Thanks, Adam. All right, pal. Great you to see you. Thank you, man. Thank you, Pete. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. Well, it was great to have Pete with us here on Gabbing with Gibby. I mean, that was a really good get, John. I know the guy is kind of like uh, – he likes to focus on the job, getting him to appear uh, for the first time on Gabbing with Gibby. Bravo, my friend. That was really good. You know, Pete, hey, Johnny, Pete's, uh, you know, we go way back. He played for me in the minor leagues, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he's one of the best in the business. I don't know anybody's better. And, and, and that's just not just throwing around a compliment because I like the guy, right? You know, I, I watched him, you know, and, and uh, uh, there's not a guy that cares more than him. But the but the most important thing he gets the most out of his guys, you know, and, and uh, he he lives and dies with him, he bleeds with him, um, yeah, and he's very he's very humble. So at first he said, I don't want to go on the show and talk about myself, you know, and plus he's very busy. He's he studies he studies all this stuff way uh, or a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot more than I did, put it that way. Uh, but yeah, he's uh he's one of the best, and we appreciate him coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you spend 11 years consecutively as a pitching coach for any team, you're doing something right. And uh, he obviously obviously is. Uh, Well, now, inspired by our friends at Miller Lite, it's time for another Roast and Toast. And Gibby, uh, we're going to roast an organization and we're going to honor an organization this week on the Roast and Toast. This week, we're roasting the Baltimore Orioles organization. they indefinitely suspended their broadcaster, Kevin Brown, for discussing the O's record against the Tampa Bay Bays at the Trop, mentioning that Baltimore had lost their last 15 series at the House of Horrors, which a lot of people call it. And so they suspended him. And there was a graphic 
with that on there. So obviously, you know, there's a graphic. He talks about it and then he gets suspended first indefinitely. Uh, and then there was such an universal outcry across baseball from every broadcaster on the air, just kind of outraged at what they did, that the O's reinstated Brown after just a few days. And he got back into the booth this past Friday, only missing a few games. Uh, but for this, Gibby, we got to roast the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't know how many times I said that. We I called that's the house of horrors. We could never win down there. It just wasn't. It wasn't just us. It was Baltimore Orioles, obviously. The Yankees had trouble. The Red Sox. There's just a tough place to play. Now, did you say like fifteen straight series or something? Fifteen did straight you? series at the stadium. Yeah, the the O's have not won. Heck, we might. We ours might have been longer than that. I don't, <laughs> you know, if 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 uh, if you're embarrassed by the facts, change them. Or or if you if you if you can't stand the facts. Well, you know what? You're a little bit paranoid, but you know, if anything, the Baltimore Warriors are playing so well this year, it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter what anybody says for crying out loud. It's all positive. Right. Mostly anyway. Yeah. They're doing well and uh, they're in a good spot, but you know, to, to spend their announcer for just kind of reading off a graphic and talking about it, what I found and the entire baseball world just said, what are you doing? Uh, but yeah. uh, Parano uh, paranoia will destroy you. <laughs> that's a, that's a good quote for sure. Uh, but on the other side, we got a toast the Toronto Blue Jays for organizing one of the best ceremonies in recent memory. And that was the induction of Jose Batista into the level of excellence. And it was also announced during the ceremony that the Jays donated a hundred thousand dollars to the Holland Bloorfield hospital in Jose's name, a wonderful day honoring one of the greats in Toronto play uh, Blue Jays history. And for this Gibby, I think you'd be in agreement that we have to toast the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Yeah, you know what, Johnny? Tip their hats to them. They did a tremendous job, you know, and I had a chance to speak, talk to Mark Shapiro. I hadn't seen him in a while. We had a nice little conversation, you know, and, and uh, he really helped, you know, he, he he didn't do all the work behind the scene, but he okayed it and signed off on it, from, you know, and uh, Edward Rogers, the, the owner now. Um, yeah, that's, you know what? The Blue Jays always go all out. You know, that's, that's one thing I've noticed, you know, when I was, I was there, you know, the, when they do things, they do it right, you know, and, and uh, Marty Starkman behind the scenes, you know, was a big organizer. Maria Cresswell, who put, you know, brought everybody in, you know, they're, they're, they're the, uh, they did some kind of job. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to go, I mean, if you're going to do things, you might as well do it first class. And the Blue Jays have always been first class. And, and um, you know, they salute them because you know what? You're celebrating one of your all-time greats. You know, he deserves that. Yeah, a guy who meant uh, just so much to the franchise, and it was a great weekend. And, John, it's great to uh, uh, hear your stories about what a wonderful weekend it was. Uh, but there's so much more baseball to cover, and we're going to do that next week. Uh, so that will wrap up this edition of the Gibby Show for John Gibbons. This is John Arezzi. We'll talk more baseball with you next week right here on the Gibby Show. So have a great week, everyone, and go Blue Jays.